Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here to discuss some of our early friends growing up. No, I'm not talking about cousins or neighbors down the street, but those we've likely never even met, yet have spent many mornings with. I'm talking about our television friends. From Oscar the Grouch to Sid the Science Kid, the Jim Henson Company has been behind the creation of these, our first TV friends. And today we're here with the Jim Henson Company CEO and daughter of its founder. Welcome to the EdCast and welcome back to Harvard, Lisa Henson. Well, it's very nice to be here. I'm glad to have you. Lisa, I guess some framing for audience would be a good place to start. When people think of the Jim Henson Company, maybe the images they conjure up are Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, maybe the people on Sesame Street, Kermit, Gonzo, but I bet most people don't know of the myriad other puppets and shows associated with the company and also the new relationship with Disney and Sesame Workshop. It's true that the things that are the most famous creations of Jim Henson and the Jim Henson Company are the Sesame Street Muppets and the Muppet Show Muppets. But even in his life, Jim was very uh, experimental. He was kind of a restless artist who tried many things, including uh, very technological projects like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, which had uh, new visual effects technology. And he was, very, he was interested in trying new things all the time. So of course, those, Mupp- those famous Muppets are the things everybody knows. But as a, as a company, we feel that we are now um, pursuing the kind of innovation and forward-looking uh, legacy of new things, always looking for you know, new, new projects to try. Now some of those projects are heavily uh, in the children's television realm, Sid the Science Kid, Dinosaur Train, Wilson and Ditch, Pajaminals. 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 <laughs> I almost didn't get that one myself. I'm curious, can you talk about the sort of development from soup to nuts of some of these programs and also the responsibility of putting out children's programs? Well, we're really inspired to be involved with educational television. And of course, it goes back to Jim's involvement with Sesame Street. But at the time, he was the commercial artist. He was the guy who was doing hilarious puppets for variety television, for uh, for commercial advertising, actually. And they brought him into Sesame Street to sort of bring in the big entertainment quotient. But now that we're doing educational programming, we're actually helming the curriculum side as well. So that's actually very exciting for us. I mean, in the old days with Sesame Street, Jim, aside from being in some of the early, early brainstorming of the show, he wasn't very involved with the curriculum side. And you know, we've really enjoyed doing the curriculums for uh, Sid the Science Kid and Dinosaur Train, which are both science shows. And for early childhood, these science readiness programs are, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very good challenge to be able to bring real science down to the level where kids can, can learn it, where it's age appropriate and very enriching for them. We had a Sesame Workshop CEO, Gary Nell, I think he's now in charge of NPR, on the show a couple (laughs) months back. And I'm curious, is your model at Jim Henson Company when it comes to creating children's television, is it similar to Sesame Workshop in the sense of it's creative, it's production, it's curriculum, it's research all sort of packaged into one? That's exactly right. I mean, we don't want to give up any of the humor or any of the creativity of the show in favor of being only educational, nor do we want to sacrifice the educational side for the humor and the entertainment. I mean, they have to both be great. 
curious about how you're adapting to the sort of ever-changing media scope and sphere of how people are consuming media, from iPads to iPods to watching them online, not necessarily in the mornings, at nights. How is the Jim Henson Company sort of adapting to the ways students and children and parents are consuming media? It's all changing, and it's changing really fast. Uh, just a couple of years ago, we viewed all of those things as marketing uh, arms of a television show, or ancillary products, we would call them. And now we develop things on a multimedia track right from the beginning. So the transmedia side of it is as important as the broadcast side. And we've been heavily influenced by PBS, which is very forward-looking in that regard. And you know, I have learned so much in the last couple of years, as I've as we are one of their producers, about um, the research about kids and screens. And there are some very interesting facts, including that parents really tend to trust their kids um, in front of a computer or using an iPad. They trust that that's educational for them, which is not necessarily well-placed trust, because unless the product that they're working with was actually designed to be educational, it could be just as big of a waste of time for that child as a, a television show that is not educational. So, you know, we feel it's an important mission to push out the education uh, into the iPads, the apps, the online experience. I'm wondering if this is like asking uh, who your favorite child is, but of all the different shows, and I know you're executive producer of some of them, is there something you're most excited about that's kind of being, that's coming out of the Jim Henson Company? Well, I get excited about the new season of every show because as even though we've been in production for several years on Sid the Science Kid and on Dinosaur Train, when it comes to doing the new season, we think, what can we do that we haven't done before? What can we do to address, let's say, a new need in the world? And you know, every time we go to do the new season, I get re-excited about the shows all over again. So for instance, with Dinosaur Train in the second season, we were, su were suddenly doing much more about nature and appreciating nature, getting kids out into nature, creating a nature show, a nature club on the show, and having creating that club as well online so kids can join it. And you know, I feel that that, um, that new mission almost makes it a new show. And the same thing with Sid the Science Kid, when we take up new topics like the environment and we go deeply into that, it's a new show all over again for us. And is that your research team that's going out and determining what these topics are that should be tackled in the shows? It's the staff of the of the company, but we also work so closely with our curriculum advisors that we jointly decide on the topics and then jointly develop them. Now, prior to coming back to Jim Henson Company, you were at other studios developing other movies, not necessarily children's movies, you know, Lethal Weapon and Batman. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, is it, is it sort of nice coming home to the family company and how is it producing children's shows? Well, getting involved with uh, children's television at the Jim Henson Company coincided for me with becoming a parent. And I had spent my 20s being a film executive and doing these pure entertainment movies. But for me, I, it felt right emotionally to return to the family company at the same time to become a parent, at, a, at the same time to start watching children's television with a different eye, the eye of, an, of a caring adult. And I, was, I saw all the children's television differently, instantly. As soon as I had a baby, I was thinking, how is this affecting my baby? 
I'm curious, how is it to work with your family? Brian's the chairman and you know, the CEO, and then it's all sort of un under the spirit of your father. Is that, is that difficult? Is there a burden there, or is that incredibly enriching? It's been very rich for our family because we are, we have five brothers and sisters. So we haven't, that's a pretty large group. <laughs> and we own the company together. They're all on the board. And we have a shared desire to see the company succeed and to do certain things. And as a, as a group, we've actually done some very complicated transactions. We've been very nimble in um, buying and selling things. And it's a kind of a cohesion that's hard to achieve between five disparate executives. So as a family, we work really well together. My brother and I have been working close, much more closely than even than that because we manage the company and work in next door offices. So I'm well aware of his thought process and he of mine. And right now, he's very excited about directing films, show running TV shows, and I, I'm I'm in there with him to get those things going. A lot of buzz about the Muppets, the new movie coming out. What do you think of it? We're really excited, and it's been a long time coming. You know, we we sold the Muppets to Disney um, more than once. You know, once it, it, it we sold, we made that transaction, and then the transaction fell apart um, at right when my father died, and then we did it again uh, nearly ten years ago. And it was a little bit of a slow start for them to actually you know, do a big Muppet production that's taken this long, but now that it's happened, it's so exciting to see the full resources of Disney get behind the Muppets. And they are very genuine fans. The people who made the movie, from the star to the director, the writer, and the executives, they're, they're huge Muppet fans. And you feel the palpable love of the Muppets you know, throughout that movie. Lisa, your business card likely reads Chief Executive Officer. Um, perhaps your father would have thought puppeteer, storyteller. I'm curious, maybe you would say mother, maybe you would say visionary or creative. How do you self-identify? Well, there well, there was a time when I had an independent production company with a partner and we called the company Manifest Films. And I feel like that's what producers do, is they really work with a variety of creative people to make a creative idea or creative project manifest itself. And it's difficult because you know, there's a, hard, a difficult market to sell into. You know, there's a, many, a million ways that a project can fall apart. But when you're a producer, your job is to hold it together and make it happen and get it out there to, to the world. And so manifester. <laughs> Lisa, where can people find more about the work of the Jim Henson Company? Well, they can go online. You know, we have a nice website. And one of the great features of our online site, which is um, Henson.com, is uh, Jim's Red Book. Is a, there's a feature there, which um, our archivist, Karen Falk, uh, makes annotated entries there, which come from Jim's diary. And it's a for if people are fans of gems they should go there take a look at that all the entries are have been archived and it's great it, it you know you can click through to clips and art and conceptual drawings and it's it's a really interesting site Lisa Henson thank you so much for what you do in children's television and we're incredibly lucky to have you as a college alum you're welcome <laughs> this has been the Harvard EdCast a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education I'm your host Matt Weber thank you kindly for listening Thank you.
the Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.